Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Uh, I have a wonderful guest on the phone later on. I'll bring her on momentarily after we get to our quotes of the day. But first, um, just a a quick note. I want to let people know, um, because I know many of you are used to seeing my Facebook Live on my personal timeline. And I'm starting to shift that over to uh, a new page that I started um, uh, called Inspired Thoughts or Inspired Thoughts with Sam, um, which you can find at facebook.com slash Inspired Thoughts with Sam. Um, and we're really starting to build up a lot of momentum on that page. So uh, you're going to start to see my videos start on that page. We'll share them to my timeline. Uh, but you might want to like that page uh, so that you can get the notification. So if you're not getting the notification when we just share it to the timeline, you may want to do that if you're on Facebook Live. So I wanted to let you all know that. Um, I had another announcement I wanted to make. Oh, and I just wanted to remind people that if um, for any reason you're not receiving our newsletter um, for for the radio station, for the network, um, please go to talkradio.nyc and uh, sign up for our newsletter there. It would be great. Thank you so much. All right, let's get going with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham to kick off the show. Let's see what Abraham and the universe have in store for us today. First, from the universe. If you can get that there was once a time before space when all that existed was divine intelligence, then you can also get that there could never later be anything that wasn't divine intelligence. Because what would it be made of? Where would it come from? Then you'd get that you must therefore be pure divine intelligence yourself and that there's only one explanation for you being you here and now. From the pinnacle of your royal magnificence, the zenith of your heavenly godhood, as pure divine intelligence, you, exactly as you now are, with every freckle and blemish, are exactly who you, God, most wanted to be. And you knew exactly what you were doing. Thy kingdom come, the universe. Ooh, interesting quote from the universe today. I believe just uh, trying to get us to see that um, 
to, to understand our own individual divinity. Um, and and uh, what the universe is saying is that, you know, before there was such a thing as time and space, what was there? You know, what existed? And what existed was, you know, what they're calling divine intelligence, God, uh, you know, soul of the universe, whatever word you want to use that makes you feel comfortable, it's fine by me, I don't really care, um, that this is what there was, this, this, this you know, uh, eternal, effervescent thing that always was. And that was before there was this thing called time and space. So if it was there before, once time and space came into being, then everything in time and space is also of that same thing. Which means that not just us as individuals, but every rock, every insect, uh, every molecule, every speck of dust floating through the universe are all this same God, divine intelligence, soul of the universe, whatever you want to call it. So if everything, including us, is this divine intelligence, then the reason why we are here and now is for this divine intelligence to know itself. That long before we were ever born, long before there was such a thing as creation, there was a decision made amongst the heavenly hosts uh, in, in this transcendent oneness that was all beingness before we were being that said, you know what? You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about exploring all of our different little million, billion, trillion, gazillion different permutations and aspects of what everything could be like. So I'm going to come down. I'm going to create something through this combination of DNA and molecules and cells. And it's going to pop out and it's going to be you. And it's going to be you because I just want to experience life the way you're going to experience life. And I want to see what it's like to get to know myself as you. Which means we are all God, transcendence, divine intelligence, soul of the universe. It's all us. It's not separate from us. We're not separate from it. And this is one of the things, you know, I, and I know this can be sort of a controversial idea and, and some people may not particularly like this idea, but I really, for me, I have a hard time with this idea of a creator and the created. Uh, to me, it's all the creator. We're all the creator. Everything is the creator. There's no separation. Because if the creator was what created everything, it created everything that is itself. There's no separation. And that's what this quote from the universe is all about. So I think I heard a few minds being blown, a few heads exploding, some people popping up. Um, but it's a pretty cool concept. So um, let's, uh, and actually, <laughs> I love these quotes. They're always so apropos for the guest I'm going to have on. So a pretty cool quote from the universe, all right? Um, before I get to my quote from Abraham, let, let's just 
do a quick shout out to all my Facebook friends. I see Jeremiah Fox is listening, fellow talkradio.nyc host. His show is on tomorrow at the same time. Uh, William, good to see you on there, loyal listener. Laurie, know me. Survey, great to see you on. Patty, another loyal listener. Hi. Uh, old friend Alex. And Amy, ah, Amy, an old-time guest uh, who had been on the show a long time ago who wrote a book, Thoughts Are Things. Good book. Um, so, all right, let's get on to our quote from Abraham. As you give thought to your future, your future that may be 10 years, your future that may be five years, or your future that is 60 days away, you literally begin pre-paving. And then as you move into those pre-paved moments, and as that future becomes your present, you fine-tune it by saying, this is what I want now. This is what I now want. And all those thoughts that you have put forth about your future right down to this moment when you are now intending what action you want to take will all fit together to bring you precisely that which you now want to live. Abraham. Mm. So following the theme that we are all creators, um, Abraham is talking about sort of how we intend and how we create our future. And, and what Abraham is saying, that whenever we think about our future, and it doesn't matter like what stretch of time that future is, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 60 years, 100 years, whatever thoughts we're putting out about our future, those thoughts are helping to, Abraham calls it prepave, but it's sort of paving the way for that intention to be made manifest. We're, we're, we're creating the energy around what our future is going to be like. And so as we create this energy, this, this pathway of energy for our future, we're actually um, uh, calling into manifestation what it is that we want to create in our lives. Now we do this, remember this is Abraham talking about the law of attraction. We do this by the thoughts we think, by the feelings we feel, and the universe does not know the word not. So if we are complaining about something, if we're talking about what we do not want, the, the universe does not hear the word not. So all it hears is, I want. And, and anything that we think about, good, bad, or otherwise, and we're the only judges of that, right? The universe doesn't care. The universe has no judgment. It doesn't care about good or bad. It's only up to us to decide what we want, what we don't want. And the way to exclude the things that we do not want in our lives is by only focusing on the things that we actually do want. And so by focusing on the things that we do want, that's how we bring it into being. And every thought we think about the future up until that moment in time when the future is here, right here, right now, all of those thoughts, all of that energy, everything that we're putting out there, it's all refining the original thought about the future and refining and refining and refining 
So it's okay if we change our minds. It's okay if maybe uh, in the beginning our thoughts about the future were very general and very vague, but then as time goes on, it gets more specific and more concrete and more specific and more concrete. And as we get closer and closer and closer, that energy is what is allowing whatever it is we're intending to create in our lives to come into being. So you know, maybe when we were a teenager or in our early 20s, we thought, oh, I want to meet the love of my life, have a bunch of kids, a big house, and a beautiful land. And then as we get older, we're like, you know, I really like living in the city. Maybe I don't want such a big house. You know, and, and then you, you meet the love of your life and you, you're enjoying each other so much. Maybe you don't want to have a big family anymore, but maybe you just want to have one kid or just two kids and that's enough for you. And maybe instead of a big house, it's a big apartment in the city. And then instead of this original vision that you had when you were younger, as you've matured and changed and grown and you've refined what it is exactly you want, now... Things have shifted and changed and you've refined. And so now what it is that you most recently wanted to create in your life is what's actually being created. And it's not that anything you put out there in the past, that past energy has not served you. It has. And, and all, everything that's come since then has refined, 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 refined. So through this process the universe and you as creator of your life get to really create what it is exactly that you really want. Because sometimes we think we want certain things and then as we experience more of life, we realize, well, that's not exactly what I want to create in my life. And then we come up with more details and then we come up with more of the juicy bits uh, that we want to create in our life. So, um, all along that theme of us as divine intelligence, divine creator, divine uh, uh, soul manifested of the universe right here, right now in this life. Okay. So two wonderful, beautiful, amazing, uh, kind of different quotes from the universe and, and from Abraham. I hope you enjoyed them. I certainly did. That's why I do this, because I enjoyed so much. Okay, so um, we're going to go out for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to meet a, a wonderful woman who, who uh, uh, wrote a recent book that I think you'll all be interested in. So don't go anywhere. This is the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm your host, Sam Leibowitz. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. It is now my pleasure to welcome to all of you uh, our guest for today, um, Sharon Farber, who is a massage therapist, healer, artist, medium, teacher, owner of Dragonfly Healing Arts, LLC in Pine Meadow, Connecticut, and author of the book, Choosing to be a medium, experience and share the healing wonder of spirit communication. Sharon gives mediumship readings and demonstration, leads mediumship development circles, teaches mediumship classes, and does private mentorship, um, as well as mediumship retreats. In 2015, she was inspired to share her story about becoming a medium to support others in their journey. Her book, Choosing to Be a Medium, was published in March of last year, in 2019. And it's my pleasure to welcome Sharon to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome, Sharon. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Thank um, you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for taking the time to, to come on the show today. Um, you know, I always like to start off uh, kind of to give our audience a little bit of background just of, of, of our guests. So it's kind of like, uh, as I like to say, how did you get from here to there? So I'm, I'm curious if, uh, you know, were you always on a very sort of spiritual path in your life or like when you were in high school and college, uh, you know, were you planning on becoming like a doctor or a lawyer or something? <laughs> <laughs> I... Well, the reason my story is different than that of most mediums is because I didn't have any profound spiritual or psychic abilities or connections mm. as a younger person. Right. I had your basic event now and then where you know who's calling on the telephone, and I played around with tarot cards a bit, right. but that was it. And no, I wasn't going to be an attorney. I'm a massage therapist and a healer. Right. So that's well, and I was a social worker before that. Ah, okay. So this was something that 
originated in my late 40s when I went to oh. a group a group mediumship demonstration and said, wow, that's really cool. That's healing. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then started taking steps to develop mediumship. I see. I see. And, and so was there anything at that time in your life that, that got you to go to that uh, circle? Uh, you know, were, were there any struggles or issues or was just you were just going out of sheer curiosity? Somebody said, hey, want to go to this? And I said, <laughs> sure, that sounds interesting. I love it. it. Just, just the universe saying, hey, it's time to do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so interesting because so many times, you know, people think that it takes some big catastrophe or some big struggle or, you know, a disease near or death something. experience. Yeah, near-death experience to kind of wake you up and, and put you on this path. But sometimes it's not, right? It's just a simple curiosity that gets us to say yes when, when someone else might not say yes, and that just puts us on a path that we didn't necessarily expect. Right. So I, I have done healing for the mm-hmm. past 31 years. Ah. So Reiki, you do, there is a slight overlap because you go into a quiet mind. Mm-hmm. There's an awareness that there's help from guides, and it is uh, healing, and it does work with spirit, but it's completely different than connecting with people who are on the other side. Right, right. And, and so what was it about that circle that you found so fascinating that really sort of captured your imagination and, and got you to say, like, I want to learn more about this? Well, she was connecting with people who are supposed to be dead. <laughs> and she did it with evidence oh. and healing. People were emotional and crying. I heard from a very close friend of mine and my first dog. So it was just, I went with an open mind, like, let's check it out. But to realize that it was real and could be done, I I thought that was fascinating. And I still, to this day, don't understand why everybody isn't as excited and passionate as I am about it. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm curious, do do you ever get... And and we're going to get more into the the mechanics and the hows and the whys. But do you ever get people that like kind of shun this kind of thing that they feel like, oh, this is, you know, not a good thing to to get involved with? Not too many because of the circles I keep. Ah. But there was a place where I worked where, to make a long story short, I had a massage practice for 18 years, sold it to paint started doing mediumship and still worked for the person. So I started doing mediumship while I was uh, doing massage for someone else. Okay. And I was not welcome to practice it there. Oh. And that was the first time I met somebody who had fear and was just thought that it was a really bad thing. And I was mm. like, oh. So I surround myself with people who at least tolerate and accept uh. this. And most of them are excited about it. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, uh, let's get into it a little bit. So your book, and I'm holding it up for our Facebook Live viewers, is called Choosing to Be a Medium, which I thought was a very interesting title that you talk about choosing to do it as opposed to, um, you know, either you have the gift or you don't. Yes, and that's for a very important reason. When I decided to develop my mediumship, I was told by literally hundreds of people over the years, oh, 
I thought you had to be born that way. <laughs> I didn't think you could decide to become a medium. Uh. And when I was starting off, I said, well, we'll find out. So it's very discouraging for mm. people to say, oh, you have to be born this way, right. or that mediums are born, not made. Right. I found it fascinating. I saw right. that it was healing mm-hmm. and said, I want to do that. And despite people telling me that it wasn't possible, I read books, I took classes, I did exercises, and I'm a professional, accurate ethical and compassionate medium now. So my niche is teaching other people, sharing that Mm. if this is something you're interested in, chances are really good that you can do it. My attitude is that if I can do it, so can you. And I wrote the book to share that with people because other people are giving a very different picture of mediumship. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, um, just for our audience, uh, you know, most of my audience is, is pretty tuned into this stuff, but just really briefly, like, what's the difference in your terms between a medium and a psychic and a channeler? Okay, medium, I have a very rigid definition of mediumship, ah. and it's also evidential mediumship that I do and teach, okay. meaning that you get a strong enough connection to the people on the other side that you get evidence that so that people know it's really their loved one in spirit. It's not just like, right. I've got a tall, dark man here, and I've got the name David. But back to the definition. Mm-hmm. My definition of mediumship is when you have an embodied person, like one of us, mm-hmm. intentionally, well, not even necessarily intentionally, <laughs> connecting with people in spirit, that would be deceased loved ones, friends, or relatives for another embodied person or group of people with enough evidence so that the person knows that it's really their loved one in spirit. It's not talking about your life and giving guidance about your career and your past, present, and future. It's not channeling entities, which could be spirits from anywhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not talking about angels. It's not doing spirit guides. It's exclusively connecting with people who are in spirit and that you knew from generally this lifetime. Hmm. And um, uh, do you remember what your first mediumship experience was like uh, where you were the medium? Oh, absolutely, (laughs) because... That was huge for me. Ah, okay. So what tell us about it. So I started learning Mm -hmm. and researching and exercising and wanted to do this. And I was giving a reading, not a reading, I was giving a massage to one of my clients. And before the massage, I was telling her how I was doing this. And she told me that if you want to practice on me, you can. And she mentioned that she had a friend who'd passed away three months earlier. Mm. So I'm giving the massage, and I just put it out there using my intention to be open to connecting to a spirit person for her. And this would be pretty much the first time. And while I was giving the massage, I got some information. So after the massage, I told her that I had gotten some information. I got an L name. I got cigarettes and I had connection to cancer, and I saw a man's military uniform. 
Mm. And she told me that none of that fit for her friend, who happened to be a woman, mm. but it all fit for her father. <laughs> his name was Alan with two L's, and yes, he smoked a lot. He passed of cancer. And the cool part was not only did he have a uniform, but she was in possession of his uniform. And she was looking at it a day or two earlier. She told me that, and I knew I had connected with her dad, so I was literally jumping up and down. (laughs) It was just four pieces of information, but it's information I had no other way of knowing. And the other cool part was I didn't connect with her friend because she might have been getting her massage, thinking about her friend. And I could have just picked up psychically on this woman friend of hers that passed three months ago. But instead, there's her dad. I had my first little taste, and I thought, oh my gosh, I can do this. And after that, I really (laughs) focused on it. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I... Uh, not all that long ago, my, my wife wanted to go see uh, John Edward was was coming to town. He was in New Jersey. So we got tickets and we went out to see him. And you know, I used to watch his show years and years and years ago and hadn't seen it that recently. And, and it was just so to me, it's always so fascinating how mediums tend to get the information because with him, you know, he, you can see he has a certain process. You, you know, and and, and it, it sort of refines itself as he gets more information and as he gets more information. So uh, it, it to me, it's always and, and I have, you know, experienced different mediums at different times. It's always curious to me how um, while there's some general things that are the same, like everybody seems to have their own process of how they receive information and relate it. So you wanted to know my process? Yes, that's <laughs> the idea. Yes. I primarily start off visually seeing, using clear audience. I will see a person, and then I shift into a knowing. That's Mm. called clear cognizance. Right. So you can see, hear, feel, know, and taste and smell information from spirit. So I start off with a general seeing, which could include the environment or anything else about the person and their life. And then I know, which could be the clear sentience, the feeling, which kind of mixes in with the knowing. So I say, I've got, a, I've got a woman here, and she seems really old, and she had some tough times, but she was strong. And I just get closer and closer to this woman in spirit. Because keep in mind, they're just people like us. Right. They just happen to be in spirit. And then I ask her to come closer in my head, not out mm-hmm. loud. And then I just let the person know everything I feel, sense, and know about her. Mm. So it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, so you don't get like visuals per se. It's more like just uh, you feel something, you sense it, you know it, you just speak it. And then uh, kind of the, the, the feedback kind of uh, lets you know that you're on the right track. Yes. But you do usually see them first. Ah, I will okay. see an image, whether it's a large person or small, and through my ah. visually sensing them, have an idea whether they're old or younger. Gotcha. And it's, I start with that and then move on into the feeling, sensing, knowing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So it's time for us to take a quick break. So, uh, Sharon, I want you to hold on. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about like what's involved in learning how to be a medium when we, when we get back, since that's 
what your work is primarily about. Excellent. Thank you. Wonderful. And uh, big shout out to everybody on the Facebook Live. We got some new viewers. Uh, let me just make sure I get everybody. Pamela, Stephen, Damien. Good to see you, Damien. Sanaya. Oh, glad you joined us, Sanaya. Um, so we are talking this hour to Sharon Farber, author of the book, Choosing to Be a Medium. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And I just want to remind all of our uh, viewers on Facebook Live, if you want to ask a question, just uh, type it into the comment section and we'll, we will get to it. And we're talking this hour to Sharon Farber. She's the author of the book, Choosing to Be a Medium. And uh, we're talking about how mediumship is something that's... Uh, uh, learned, can be learned. It's not always just uh, uh, something that you're born with. Um, so Sharon, uh, uh, since, you know, your work, a lot of your work, probably a primary part of your work is about teaching people how to be mediums who maybe feel like they don't have any psychic abilities, they don't, uh, you know, they, they don't have any special talents, they didn't have a near-death experience. How do you recommend people get started? How do you teach people to, to just, you know, start with their first steps on the path? Well, I think that finding a teacher is a good start. Okay. Finding a teacher, taking a beginner class, joining a development circle, 
mm-hmm. are all very important because it's hard to just do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And then there are yeah. a number of steps. First, you need to know that it's possible. Yeah. If you didn't <laughs> think it was possible to do, it doesn't really inspire the willingness to put the effort and time in to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So you know that it's possible. You have to learn to quiet your mind a bit, that, um, your mind a bit. That doesn't mean you have to meditate for an hour a day, but you have to be able to not consciously have your mind racing or you're not going to be able to pick up the subtle perceptions from the other side. Right. There's learning to ground, just being present instead mm-hmm. of scattered because right. it's important to be aware of what you're doing and connected to our reality as we dabble with a slightly altered consciousness where we connect with spirit. There's raising your vibration, meaning that you're uplifted, grateful, have joy and a positive attitude, which makes it easier to connect with spirit people because they're at a higher vibration. Mm. These are a lot of little things. And then learning to set your intention to do it. And then something that's really important if you're going to work on developing your ability to communicate with spirit is that you can't do it on your own. Mm. You need to have somebody to read for. Right. You can't just right. sit there and try to talk to your own <laughs> grandparent. If right. you have that kind of ability where you're already communicating with your grandparent, you don't need a how to become a medium right. book. Right. But for anybody else, you need somebody to work with either mm-hmm. in person, on the phone, on a video call, who has loved ones in spirit, so that you can sit with them and intentionally connect with their loved ones in spirit and have them say, yes, that's my person, yes, mm. I understand, and that's how they know that they're doing it. And, and just out of curiosity, um, I mean, you mentioned in the last segment like what your first experience was like, which is just you know, kind of the, the aha, oh, I can do this. How long did it take you to be really comfortable doing mediumship work? I'm still working on it. Ah. <laughs> it's been eight and a half years. Okay. And I, I'm still not at the level I want to be. I think it'll be something that I'll be continuing to develop through, you know, until as long as I live. Mm-hmm. So I am consistent, I'm accurate, but I always want to be better. I want to have a better flow, mm-hmm. stronger connection. So, But I started giving readings. I started off with free readings. I did right. 118 free readings, and then I did some oh. not-quite-free readings, <sighs> and probably started giving readings for a small son after about three years in. Ah, and okay. I've developed from there. But I don't think it's something where you achieve that you're there and you stop progressing. Right, right, right. It's something that you're always refining, always getting better at, always uh, developing as time goes on. Right, and it's challenging because you can't just try harder. Because Mm. the harder you try, the less it works. What Mm. you need to do is trust, surrender, relax and let go, and trust the spirit world, trust the process, and that isn't easy for a lot of people, and was not easy for me, the trusting and surrendering, and just Mm. something that's really important to put out, make sure I get it in here, Mm. that this, it's not a game, and it's not Mm. a way to get famous, it's a healing 
process and it's right. done out of love. Right. What the healer is, what the medium is doing is bringing people together in love, the people mm. on this side with the people on the other side. It's mm. healing. It's something that's important on a spiritual level. It's connection. Right. And I can't, I just wanted to focus that it's important to have a good attitude and a spiritual aspect to this, not right, just, right. oh, this is really cool, it's a parlor game. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, if you kind of play around that way with, with things spiritual in nature, spirit will have a tendency to smack you up the side of the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in your book, uh, your, your third chapter is called Spirits, and the first section is titled, There Are No Evil Spirits. Yes. Uh, I was wondering if you could perhaps explain that to our audience for people who are worried about well, what happens if I, you know, if I I medium and I pick up this guy who's like was really awful and horrible in their life. Right. That's a great question. A lot of people have fear about mediumship. They're afraid that if they start doing it, that spirits will go, are going to be invading their life. Right. They're afraid of evil spirits. I think the hype about evil spirits is predominantly from religion, right, some religions, right. and from Hollywood. And, that, right. and I don't believe in most of it. Mm. I believe that spirit people, that I believe that humans, no mm. matter how terrible they were in this lifetime, mm -hmm. they could do horrible things. And I have a very healthy fear of living people because mm -hmm. they can do awful things and... <laughs> I'm aware of that. When they pass and go to the spirit world, they have no power. A terribly behaved person doesn't go to the spirit world and become Mother Teresa, but they also don't become an evil spirit. Mm. They go there and they have a lot of work to do. They have mm. to look at what they've, the consequences of their actions in this life. They have a lot of help, work, and healing, and they're not somebody who can affect us. So if you rule out people who were evil while they were here and the fact that they can't be evil there, mm -hmm. I don't personally believe in hell, mm. Satan, or demons or entities. Mm. I don't even believe in ghosts. Oh, no? There's a, ah. <laughs> that could be a semantic kind of thing, but people who pass and go to the spirit world are spirit people to me. Ah. And ghosts are this, <laughs> this illusion that people get stuck, a person or an animal gets stuck between here and the other world, and that they can haunt people or become an entity or, and attach to somebody and suck their energy. I personally don't believe in any of that. Mm. I believe that everybody, when they pass, whether it's from something natural like old age, whether it's disease, suicide, murder, no matter how quick it is, they are helped and immediately go to a spirit world where they are met, supported, and healed, and mm. that nobody gets stuck. Hmm. And there's a variety okay. of explanations that I could use, but I'm not going to go into right now because it would take a long time, right, that right. would explain what people think are attachments or ghosts or haunting. Okay. So if I don't believe in attachments, uh -huh. ghosts and haunting, and everybody goes to a healing spirit world, it kind of makes mediumship safe. Ah, I uh, see. But to, it is important to have, to be grounded in reality when you're going to do this work. 
you shouldn't be doing mediumship if you have schizophrenia, if you are psychologically unstable, because it is a somewhat altered state of of consciousness. If you're going to be connecting with spirit people, it would be good to know that you're an embodied person, you're safely here on the earth, and how to communicate with living people also. Mm, mm, Right, right, right. And one more thing real quick. You don't want to be doing mediumship when you're drunk on drugs, (laughs) seriously depressed, because although I'm saying that mediumship is safe, like does attract like, Mm -hmm. and if you're in a terrible place, using your intention to connect with spirit people, you might connect with people who are not terribly evolved, people who were depressed or miserable or addicted Mm -hmm. when they were here, Mm -hmm. and you might not have the greatest conversation because if you're both in a place of, I'm not doing so well, it might not be a healing, strong, happy thing. No right. one's going to take right. you over and possess you, but it's better to be in a good, healthy, strong place if you're going to pursue connecting with spirits. Right, because you also want to be in a state where you can have good sort of energetic boundaries with spirit as well, right? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It's time for us to take another break. Um, I got a bunch more questions. We'll squeeze as much as we can into the last segment as as possible. Um, I just want everyone to remind everyone we're talking to Sharon Farber, author of the book, Choosing to Be a Medium. And we will be right back after these messages. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Sharon Farber, author of the book, Choosing to Be a Medium. Um, Sharon, I'm curious if in your sessions you ever had any uh, unexpected guests drop in, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, there are often unexpected guests. I, there's nothing super out of the normal. Uh, I guess by unexpected, there are people that people don't expect to hear from. Right. Their piano teacher from 10 years earlier, who they wouldn't expect to come through, but right. they have a piano. They've been talking about taking lessons for five years, but have been putting it off. Mm. Boom, there's the piano teacher. Yeah. <laughs> or people like your ex-boyfriend's son, who you never mm. met, but you heard all the stories about, mm. and people like that. There aren't any super surprises mm. gotcha. Gotcha. that I've had. And only four famous people in eight and a half years. Oh, really? <laughs> four famous people? Who? do? They're n- and they're not movie stars. Oh, okay. Ernest Hemingway, Leonard Nimoy, I guess he is a movie star. He's a movie star, yeah. Mr. Bill, Bill... W from Alcoholics Anonymous. Ah. And there's one more who I'm not, I guess he wasn't that important. <laughs> so I can't think of, oh, that is four. Oh, Ernest Hemingway and who wrote Moby Dick? Um, Herman Melville. Herman Melville, right. Uh, Leonard Nimoy and Mr. Mr. Bill. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, have you ever had um, uh, people come through who, when they were here, they didn't speak English, like, were you, and you were able still to communicate with them as a medium? Yes. Um, grandparents from mm-hmm. other countries, it, we're communicating through thoughts and feelings and images, mm-hmm. so the actual language doesn't matter. And I don't even know that they didn't speak English. I might mm. say about the person, I feel that they're from another country. I feel that it's mm. a European country and they had, were well into that other culture. But I can communicate with them just as well and I'm not aware whether or not they would speak English. Gotcha. Because gotcha. we're not using English. We're right. using right. feelings, thoughts, images. Right. Uh, I know that, that, you know, a lot of this, y- you talk as evidential, like you, you want to bring information forward so that the person you're doing the reading for really gets that, like, you're actually in touch with the soul of, uh, you know, that particular person that you're, you're bringing through. Have there been any, like, really um, intricate or really detailed or, like, minor details that have kind of come through that you know, totally surprised you and the person you were reading for? Pretty much all the time. All the time. To have <laughs> a successful reading, you're going to have specifics like that. Mm. I was giving a demonstration in a home. I think there were 13 people, and they had me come. And I was connecting with a woman's uncle. Right. And I brought, I gave the description of him and what his personality was like and what he wore. And she understood that it was him. And then I said, I, he was, he's telling me about his wife, and he told me, he's showing me that his heart was bursting with love for his wife. And the woman looked at me funny, and she told me that the man had a heart attack while, having, while making love with his wife. <laughs> so his heart did literally burst with love. Wow. And she's there giving him CPR at the time and all that. So there's, there's things like that. Um, it happens often, and that's when you get the oh my gods and the people crying yeah. because it's that little bit. So that was just 
kind of a fun example, but it happens all the time. I gave a wow. reading last night, and in between getting people that the person really knew, I brought up a woman. I said, I've got a woman, and I feel like you didn't even really know her. She feels mm-hmm. like she goes back a couple of generations, and you would know about her. People told you about her. I'm getting the name Susan. And that you have qualities like she has, and that it's really important. And it turned out that that was the highlight of the reading for this person because mm-hmm. it was a grandmother of hers uh, who had passed when the client's mother was four years old oh, that wow. she'd been hearing about for all these years. And mm-hmm. there she was by name explaining that she didn't mm-hmm. really know her, but how she was important and would know of her. Mm-hmm. So it's the details, it's the clinchers, it's the evidence. It's the woman right. I brought through who seemed like a grandmother was in her 70s and was playing a trumpet. (laughs) It turns out it was a cornet. I don't know Ah. the difference. But having a woman who's 70 years old coming through with a trumpet or a cornet Mm. is evidence. Mm. It's not that I've got your grandmother here, she's wearing an apron, she's in the kitchen, she likes to bake, and she loves you a lot. That's the difference. (laughs) Right, right, right. Getting the, you know, sometimes names the details, the things that are very specific to them. Mm. So there's hundreds of them mm. that I've had just, you know, in the past hundred readings. Wow. If it's a good reading, you're going to have beautiful detail like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you have any uh, challenges with turning it off? Or like, do you, when you, do you like walk down the street and sometimes like pick up something for somebody you just passed or is it very like okay now i'm going into a session now i'm opening myself and and now i'm ready to receive things i don't have that problem okay and that's because i like to consider it a spirit door mm-hmm. so my door to the other side is generally closed and then when i want to connect with people in spirit i use my intention open the door connect with people mm. for um, you know, a demonstration or reading or giving a class. And then when I'm done, my door just kind of swings shut by itself. Mm. When I'm working with my students and in circles, I tell them to use their intention when they're done mm. to close themselves in a really healthy boundary, you know, a way to initiate a boundary and just use their intention to say, I'm closed for business. They mm. can bring in their energy field a bit to protect themselves. And I help teach people not to be open all the time Mm. because it must be difficult to go around with spirit people bombarding you all the time like, oh, will you talk to this person or that? And it's not ethical or okay to approach strangers and say, I've got your mother here. (laughs) It's just, um, you see it on TV, Mm -hmm. but it's not really okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. You don't want a chiropractor going up to you. You're in line to go see a movie. You don't want a chiropractor coming up behind you, putting his arms around you and giving you an adjustment, saying, right. I felt that you needed that. Right. So right. You, you don't go to someone and say, oh, your, your father has a message for you right. to a stranger. It's just in, invasive. Right, right, exactly. exactly. And I'm lucky I don't have that problem because this is something I chose to develop, so I generally get to decide when or not to in be mm-hmm. involved with the other side and I help 
teach my students how to do that. Good boundaries with living people are great for having good boundaries right. with the spirit world. Exactly. If you can say no exactly. to your living people and decide who comes into your space and who you want to be with, it's a lot easier of doing that when you're working with spirit people. Right. The people who can't say no and are a little too empathic mm-hmm. and let people walk all over them mm-hmm. might have the same issues with the spirit world. Right, right. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left. So if, if somebody listening to all this or they read your book and, and there's a ton of information in this book, I highly recommend you go out and get it, Choosing to Be a Medium with Sharon Farber. Um, how do you recommend someone get started? Like how do you choose uh, a teacher to work with? How do you choose a, a medium uh, to get a reading with? Because, you know, it's, it's so easy to like uh, and, and um, uh, 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 go for someone who's quote-unquote famous or has a huge following, but that's not necessarily the best person for you to work with, is it? I would use a combination of research. Mm-hmm. There's the Internet. Find out what people say about a specific teacher mm-hmm. and your intuition and mm-hmm. see what feels good. You don't want a teacher who wants you to do everything exactly their way, discourages right. you from working with anybody else. Right. You want somebody who's supportive and clearly ethical and open and compassionate. That's mm-hmm. my thoughts anyway. D- research and intuition. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If people want to learn more about you and, and get in touch with you, uh, do you have a website or how can people find you? I have a website. It's very easy. It's SharonFarber.net. Okay. www.sharonfarber.net mm-hmm. and you can put my name out there well Sharon right. and it's Farber F-A-R-B-E-R mm-hmm. I've got a Facebook page for Sharon Farber Author Medium mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel which has 15 videos on how to do mediumship and different aspects of mediumship oh wonderful and lots of stuff lots of information on the website great great and they can request a reading from you on your website Sure. Um, I do private readings, individual readings, and group. Um, I do private readings. Uh, private readings, $75 for 45 minutes. I'll do oh. a reading for two people for an hour for $95. I'll do small groups. I do demonstrations. I have a beginner online class scheduled for February 23rd, oh. five-hour class in the middle of the day. If you want to cool. learn to be a medium with me and you're not here in Connecticut, and I'm teaching, leading a retreat in March in Connecticut, a three-day weekend, teaching a three-day class in Canada in April, and oh. I have a retreat in Sedona, Arizona in the works. Nice, so if people nice. want to study with me, that's also an option, and I have private mentorship sessions online and some group circles where you can work with me in a kind of a development circle hybrid class situation. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Sharon, thank you so much. Once again, her book is Choosing to Be a Medium, Experience and Share the Healing Wonder of Spirit Communication. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. And thank you, my loyal listeners. 
uh, for tuning in. Always appreciate having you. Uh, without you, uh, my listeners, it, there's no show. So uh, remember, we do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. You can find us on talkradio.nyc and on theconsciousconsultant.com. Thank you all. Stay tuned next. You have the Voices of Courage with Ken Foster uh, coming up right after this. So everyone take care. We'll talk to you next week. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.